And hence, another week begins. Here we are once again. Me and you. I always like that. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if that is your cup of tea. Now, I became aware of a change in the dynamic the last time I had a child in school. And this is, we're talking back in the, gosh, maybe the late 90s. One of my sons was hit by a student. I'm not going to say the school, but it's in Greenville County. And, uh, well, he hit back. And he and the, the attacker were taken to the office. And I was being told that he was probably going to get suspended. And I told the, uh, I told the who I, my understanding is that she has since passed away. And I do not wish to speak ill of the dead. I told the principal if she did that, I was going to have her head on a plate. If he was the known defender, why would he be in trouble? You can look at this. You can look at this dynamic and uh, see the moral disaster here. Violence in the defense of what is right is obligatory morally. And the, the, the trying to take away, trying to take that away is worse. Because here's the problem. This is the problem. And no, nobody ever understands this. Nobody ever gets this. We are animals. The true nature of man has never changed. No matter how, how advanced we get, no matter how good the iPhone becomes, no matter how, whether we have a car that drives itself or not. The true nature of man has never changed. We are at our core savages. And the true nature of this world is that there's always evil and there's always good that has to go up against evil. And the good that has to go up against evil has to be the opposite side of the coin of that evil. That means same capacity, same capability, just a different cause. See, we had, we had 70 years or so of pretty decent peace on the planet. And, uh, well, now we got to, what, what has happened is we've created a bunch of sheep that don't even understand the true nature of what it means to be free. Because being free is not free. Now, since the Pax Romana, which was, Pax Romana was something that happened in the, uh, I think it started in 27 BC and went all the way to 180 something BC. I may be wrong on the years, but I mean, this is when the Romans came in and they got out there and they took control of everything. The economy boomed and everything was good and there was peace. And then when they lost control of the borders and when the economy went south and a few other things that you can see that are happening here, then they lost that. But this peace that they experienced and the peace that we have been experiencing, that is never, that's not normal. It's an anomaly. It's a great one. But it's an anomaly. The world is not a peaceful place. Never has been, never going to be. 
and despite the best efforts of the of arrogant left who think they can regulate and 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 deem that everything should be some way mandated uh the world is not a peaceful place human nature is a cruel thing you know you have the uh Noble, noble savage nonsense because you see all the sophomores in college with a Che Guevara t-shirt getting out there saying, free Palestine, free Hamas. That's a giant fraud. There is no such thing as a noble savage. They're not distinguished. What distinguishes them is the what they do in their savagery. And you have to have the moral strength to do what is necessary to defeat them. That means you got to go in and you got to kill them. And you got to destroy them. And you got to be ruthless. And you can never stop. And the big lie that we tell ourselves is that we're without peer. Everybody wants to be here. Nobody wants to come and attack us. There's no real enemies. And so if there's no real enemies, there's no bad people except us because we're part of the original sin. Uh, you know, we were third world barbarians to begin with. But we do have enemies. They tell us that they are our enemy and we should listen to them. When they talk about decolonization, they're talking about putting you out, taking you away, killing you. When they talk about killing settlers, you need to understand that you are a settler and they mean to kill you. They mean raping your daughter in front of you. They mean chopping your baby's head off. They mean slaughtering your wife, your dog, everything you got. And they're going to enjoy it. They're going to dance to it. It's going to be a, uh, you know, then they're going to put their body cam videos on TikTok and get some clicks. So what happened October 7th was not an anomaly. This was normal. In the old days, we would call this sacking a city. And, you know, when Gaza, when, when the, when the, uh, when the uh, Palestinian uh, Hamas came across the border, they sacked that part of southern Israel. The adjacent towns in southern Israel were sacked. They captured their objective. They burned and razed the buildings. They stole everything they could carry. They raped anybody that didn't have any man tackle and some with. And they piled corpses in the streets. Some of you have never read what a sacking is. Getting out there and getting to watch it on happening to them. Now, Israel is a part of the West, and uh, therefore, we're ha they're hated, we're hated. Worse, we have forgotten that we are strong, and we do have we, we do have the wherewithal to do this. We've forgotten how to conduct a siege. A siege is when you go back, uh, and you go to where they are, and you shut them off, you shut everything off to them, and they either die or capitulate. And that's a siege. You don't get out there during a siege and say, oh, but we must be humanitarian and give them food, water, and electrical power because then that, that's, that's not a siege. That's insanity what you're doing there. And in Gaza, the Gazans care less about themselves than they're trying to make Israel care about them. The Gazans voted in. And Pax Romana, that kind of thing does not occur. Just cause the Romans, the Romans, the way they did a siege, uh, they, they went after the Gauls. They killed a lot of Romans. So Caesar decided to pacify them. 
And uh, one of their leaders took refuge on a hilltop town. They surrounded it. And then there was a giant wall built around it that the legionnaires built around it. Then the Gauls called for their friends to help. So then they built another wall around the legionnaires that were laying siege to the town. Then they starved out everybody there. Then they took the leader back to Rome and made him march in chains in triumph. And then they strangled him in front of everybody in front. And guess what? Peace. The barbarians learned something very important. You don't mess with civilized people or something bad is going to happen to you. And that's how you get a Pax Romana. You don't get out there by sticking a flower in somebody's gun barrel. There's bad people out there. And you have to be ruthless and you have to be violent against them. And it's going to be shocking to see it. And it's horrifying to consider it. And it is reality. And when people want to kill you, you have to make a decision. You can either let them kill you or you can stop them from killing you. But then that involves some aesthetically displeasing actions. And you had better get set. Because the time of choosing is probably just around the door, or just around the corner. And we just don't know when it's going to begin. This whole thing of victimhood, the dead end of victimhood, we got to get past that one as well. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You got it. You have to look for the template. There's always a template. The left always has to have a template because they're not really imaginative. They're just uh, constant. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page as I wave at the camera like I'm in there with you guys. Ha. <laughs> uh. ID politics. ID politics is based upon one premise. There is a victim and there is an oppressor. Now, what you see going on in Israel right now is ID politics. This is the excuse for all of their depravity. Because the Israelis are bad and they do bad things. So, you know, we got to do bad things, bad and worse and stuff. And, um, but we find that here too, don't we? We see, we see a lot of stuff trying to be stirred up in various places. Now, one very uh, sad example is in, in, in the inner cities where we have the uh, ID politics working against black America. And you can see videos left and right where uh, there's black people getting shot pushed in front of trains, sucker punched, beaten to a pulp, killed by individuals, gangs, or groups of teens. Sometimes, sometimes it's all, in this particular case in the United States, it has to do with the, you know, slavery and Jim Crow, right? Now, this is where the template comes in because both groups have the ostensible enemy and their anger is directed at them. For the Hamas, it's Jews. And in, in, in certain groups, certain parts of the city in the United States right now, for, for black people, it's white. And it's the actions of the oppressor that causes the victims to react. For Hamas, it's the Jews stealing Palestinian lands. And for black people, it's slavery and Jim Crow. 
And in both cases, the outsized violence against bystanders demonstrates that they're just convenient justifications, right? Because <clears throat> this is where evil people gain power. Now, Hamas's soldiers often tar target Muslims as well. They carelessly target their weapons. They strike their own people. They hide soldiers and materials behind women and, and children in mosques and schools and hospitals. And when Israel retaliates and civilians die, the resulting images are great public relations for them. Here in America, even as the grifters at BLM and Antifa claim that white racism is the cause of every evil, which causes black criminals to create, you know, to commit crime and plunder and destroy businesses, the reality is most of the victims of black criminals are themselves black. But for the race hustlers, that doesn't matter. Democrat race pimps don't care that far more black blood is in the street because all they need is one video of a white person acting or reacting against a black person and they win the lottery. Just like what they did with the videos of Rodney King and George Floyd. George Floyd has been canonized. I, you know, in Chicago, they're talking about uh, opening up a government-run grocery store there i would expect it to be called uh hot this is the hodge twins they got out there and said this they think they, the the grocery store should be called floyd's thomas sowell got out there and he wrote something called discrimination and disparities and he discusses the relative success of various minorities around the world including the chinese in southeast asia jews in eastern europe indians in east africa koreans in america the armenians in the ottoman empire and many other groups that are reviled in the countries in which they live. The reality is that the American black criminal and the Palestinians have both had many opportunities to achieve success and they usually squander them away. Up until the mid-20th century, there was no such thing as Arab-Palestinians. In the 2,000 years before the pre-Christian era, the one constant in the land was a Jewish presence. And they were vassals of the Babylonians or the Persians or the Greeks and the Romans. After the Romans ended the Jewish nation and created a Palestinian colony, there were the Byzantines, Arabs and Crusaders and Mamluks and eventually the Ottomans and then the English. And the one constant was the Jews. Aside from the Bedouins and the Druze who've been there for several hundred years, the Arabs were, who identified today as Palestinians mostly drifted into the land beginning in the 1830s. Before Israel's establishment, that land itself was not very populated. And what was there was constantly fighting each other. In hospitable land, the agriculture was tough. But as far as the population of Jerusalem, Jews were the majority, majority of that. By 1948, Jews owned 8% of the land that would become Israel. In 1999, Clinton negotiated a treaty between the PLO and Israel that would have given the Palestinians 92% of the West Bank, all of Gaza, and various concessions within Israel proper. And the Palestinian leader, Yasser Arafat, rejected that and instead launched a war against Israel. 
In 2005, Israel exited Gaza. They removed 5,000 of their own citizens and allowed the area to be self-governing. And they elected Hamas. Since they left Gaza, the world has sent $10 billion there. And instead of spending that money on infrastructure and industry, they have built, they use that money to build the uh, metro of tunnels into Israel and buy weapons to attack Israel. They could have built schools and viaducts and training entrepreneurs or enhancing the agriculture industry, but they didn't because it was cheaper in the long run to maintain the cult of victimhood. It was also profitable. When Yasser Arafat died, he was worth $3 billion stolen from the gullible Palestinians. All they did and all Hamas did is said, Israel's bad and we're going to go to war with them. Slavery here ended in 1865, and Jim Crow was gone by 1965, but that didn't stop the victim industrial complex from poisoning the minds of many black Americans. That would be the Democrats, and they told black America that they could not succeed. I mean, as recently as, uh, when was it? When when Romney was running for president, I saw... uh, I saw I saw Joe Biden out there saying that Romney wanted to put black people back in chains. And along the way, as we've gone through this since at least 2008, they black people have been told they cannot succeed. But then you've got Patrice Coolers or Ibram uh, Kendi and Barack Obama. They're all rich. And when Barack Obama was elected, race relations were the best they've been in history and not so much now thanks to him, even though he was elected by a plurality of white people. So, this is the danger of victim politics, ID politics. And because of this, um, this is something we need to figure a way to stamp out. Now, right now, Hamas is sacrificing Palestinians, and in the inner city, we have whole generations of young black American men that are just going to be sacrificed to the altar of leftism. All because the foot soldiers in there believe the lie that their victims and their oppressors deserve what they get. A very bloody, lonely game, but it is a very profitable one. We got to stop playing that game. We got to get everybody that does play that game to somehow get out of that game. Because that goes nowhere. Except death. Except death. But once again, remember this. This kind of thing is normal. Savagery is normal. There's a little secret behind the gun control movement right now. I'm going to share this with you. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Just got to make sure I got the buttons pushed. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Just like clockwork last week. I mean, every time this happens, I just sit back and I grimace because it's a cringe thing, you know? You have a gun-free massacre zone. 
You have the abject failure of gun control on full display. The pain that is apparent of people, of the loved ones and everything, none of that matters because now we're gonna, we, we got something we can gain here politically. And this is a crisis that we can use now on the gun grabbers part to take guns away from their political enemy. And that's the dirty little open secret of the gun grabber left. It is not about guns itself. It's about you having them. They want to take guns away from the political opposition. None of their fascist fixations ever get close to addressing the crisis of crime and terrorism because that's not what it's about. Now, you might be asking, uh, why? Why is this the case? Why do they care more about confiscating guns from innocent people than criminals who pose a severe threat to public safety by several orders of magnitude? Well, this is because you cannot enslave an armed nation. It's always been about that. Even the gun controllers understand that. They know that they cannot take their leftist agenda and push it to what they think would be the utopian objective. They can't get it there. The harmless people who own the most of the guns impede the far left's attainment of full societal control. Right now they know it's only a facade. There was a Vox article that came out explained explained uh, last year while also pushing one of the most ridiculous good guy with gun arguments ever made. And they aren't against guns. They love guns. They love guns in their hands. They just want them in. They don't want them in our hands. This is the true fraud of gun control. Now, most of them are way above even wanting to do anything. Uh, Anything above this kind of, you know, that kind of violence is beneath them. So they'll do things like swatting you. The guy who had all of the Vox, or doxing trucks up there in, uh, in the Ivy League schools, he got swatted. You know, the, the trucks that were going out there and saying, these are the students that signed on to this letter, uh, you know, uh, backing Hamas. Then, then the job stopped coming, and they got started getting rescinded. Remember that? Well, that guy got swatted. Now, they, they're perfectly good with the people swatting this guy to have guns because they want, you know, they understand the utility of them. So this is the true fraud of gun control. It has nothing to do with guns existing. They just don't want them in your hands. With Lock and Load, if you've ever listened to Lock and Load, then I end every Lock and Load episode with, it's never been about gun control, it's always been about total control. That's why they have applied their lying with language tactic in this case, changing terms to gun safety or gun reform to hide their true intention. But here's the Vox article. They said a child can't be a good guy with a gun. What they're trying to say, and what they did say, 
is, of course, the children lying dead in Connecticut could not have taken up arms in their own defense, nor could the kids who died in Texas. Fourth graders cannot wield weapons safely. There's no such thing as a good child with a gun. Well, that's just about ridiculous, isn't it? You get the impression that when they get it's like that scene in Ghostbusters, right? When uh, Annie Potts gets that first call, when they finally get to hit the alarm and she screams, we've got one. That's what they're always looking at, at, at these uh, rampage killings. And what's worse behind the ridiculous lie that's at uh, Vox is asserting that our society is or should be a complete reversal of the basic conservative principles set out in the Declaration of Independence. They say there's something profoundly dangerous at work here. A vision that armed citizens and not the state represent the ultimate guarantors of freedom and civil peace. The gun rights ideology represents a dark vision of society. Especially the abolition of collective security and a state monopoly on violence in favor of individuals acting as laws unto themselves. So they, they're telling you exactly what it is they want. They want a state monopoly on violence. They say part of what it means for a government to exist is to exercise a monopoly over legitimate violence. That is the power to use law enforcement and military as ultimate and widely accepted arbiters of social order. A state that doesn't have this capacity is not actually control the territory it governs. Whatever one's views about the proper role and size of government, the state monopoly on violence is the starting point. The gun rights ideology, according to them, starts from the opposite view that society is funded not on the state controlling violence, but rather on violent individuals controlling the state. That's just about nonsensical, but do you understand the importance of what the fascists of the far left are projecting? They're willing to run the risk of totalitarianism with them in control of everything. But all of that is predicated to them disarming you. What I find interesting, though, is we've seen so many examples of what happens to people when they're disarmed. I, I just don't even understand why this would be a thing, why this would even be a, a conversational point at, at, at right now. Nothing to do with safety at all. The state, at the end of the day, cannot protect you. They're not, even, they're not even obligated to. They're only obligated to society. And then you, you see how well that works sometimes when these police departments just quit. Uh, but they don't care about crime. All they care about is uh, confiscating your gun to empower themselves. And it has nothing to do with the gun itself. They understand exactly what the utility of an AR-15 is a semi-automatic handgun. They, they understand what the utility of this is. They also understand that they don't want you to have these weapons. That's all there is to it. But it's okay for them. Yeah, I'm on a roll today. We're going to go back to Lewiston. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. So, 
A lot of people that normally would have waded into this uh, latest rampage killing have not because, because we've become so blind to the fact that we live in a savage world. There is evil in this world. Now, this guy, this, uh, this card, Andrew Card, he was a delusional schizophrenic, and he was hearing the voices. Now, this happened in a Second Amendment-friendly state for the most part, but he went to two gun-free zones. Maine, like most northern coastal states, very leftist along the coast, very conservative inland. And uh, they have a good constitution as far as reinforcing the Second Amendment. But it's, it's no wonder that Maine is a permitless carry state and a shall-issue rule for concealed carry permit requests. No bans on long guns, including semi-automatics, and there's no restrictions on magazine size. And none of that, by the way, lends itself to the evil itself. Evil cannot exist without the motive. The tools are never the motive. I, I was mystified that uh, with permitless carry and no bans on anything, why nobody was able to shoot back or tried to shoot back. Now, as in all states that allow open or concealed carry, individual establishment, they may ask people who enter to disarm themselves before they do that. And in the case of the main shooting, at least one of the locations that the killer attacked, they politely required people to disarm themselves before entering. Coming from John Lott, the just-in-time bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine, where Robert Card murdered uh, seven people on Wednesday, was a gun-free zone. The Chemenge's Barn Grill was likely also a gun-free zone, but did not know. A gun-free zone, by the way, is a plastic sign in various locations. That's what makes it a gun-free zone. When evil sees a gun-free zone, I don't even know if they acknowledge it. These could also be called turkey shoot zones or fish-in-a-barrel shooting zones or magnets for would-be rampage killer zones. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what the signs say. And it, it doesn't matter. I'm being told that most of the main victims were deaf as well. Hmm. And there have, been, there have been a few mass shootings since, by the way, that haven't made the news, which is interesting. We're going to talk about them next, but that's interesting. But back to the original point. Evil exists. There's always going to be people, whether they're delusional or... To carry a weapon, they def it's a defensive thing. But while death is off the mass deaths, the reality is that when ordinary citizens are violent, crime drops. Average loss of life in the event of a armed citizen interceding is 2.5. When you wait on the police, it goes over 18. Because of time. Time is paramount in one of these events. In Ohio, they recently just, they, they were one of the permitless carriers uh, states to come on board. And like they always do, they were like, oh, crime's going to go through the roof. Well, see, criminals are going to carry guns without permits anyway. They're not going to be known that, it's not going to be known they carry a gun. We just know they're carrying guns. But when it became known that you didn't have to have a permit to carry a gun, you could just go buy a gun and do it, then crime went down because even the criminals don't want to be perforated. And the difference between what I have to do 
And what a cop has to do in the event of a lethal force exchange is huge. All I've got to do is look at this and say, I am in fear of imminent loss of life or bodily harm, and I can get loud. I don't have to sit out there and say, oh, well, I might be able to take him in fisticuffs. Marquee of Queensbury rules. No, I can deal with evil. So, in 2007 at the Trolley Square Mall, nobody talks about that. There was an armed off-duty cop, and he happened to be there. He stopped a man who'd been on a mass murdering rampage. And this was a Bosnian cat. That's what happened when Eli Dickens got out there at the Indiana Mall. He got out there, and this is the thing. When you see these things, and they tell us, well, you know, none of us are Andy Oakley or any of this stuff. Eli Dickens got out there and uh, took 10 shots at 40 yards on an upright moving target, hitting him eight times in 10 seconds. That's become a drill now. And uh, he succeeded in killing three people before Eli Dickens stopped him. And the reason they get away with killing some people is it takes your mind a moment to, you know, to figure out what's happening to you, what you're seeing. So what gun control is, is an attempt to shift the scales, put a thumb on the scale to where the good guys, which are the ordinary people like you, you and me, uh, we are not going to be able to defend ourselves against the bad guys. They like that. And then this gives the evildoers free reign. Are you interested in existing in a world like that? I ask you that very simply. I'd be the first to tell you, if I could stop carrying a gun and knew, knew everything was going to be good, I'd be happy to do that. I'd be the first one out there. First. Give it up. But I live in a world of evil and I know it. So, coming up next, we're going to talk with investigative reporter Lee Williams from the Second Amendment Foundation. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 